Hey, I'm Nicole from Squashletic, and welcome to Train Hard, Work Smarter, a podcast focused on helping you become a better squash athlete. If you're a dedicated squash player who loves learning and improving, this show is for you. We'll be talking all things training, from strength to mobility to ghosting, as well as other topics that support your training and development, like nutrition, mindset, and much more. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's dive in. Hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. After several weeks away, I'm finally back. And the reason being, these past few weeks, and actually the past couple months, I've been a lot more focused on my own squash, as I had the Worlds, I had the Canadian Championships, uh, the Elguna International, and then also most recently the Pan Am Championships, which were held in Cartagena, Colombia. So I was really busy, obviously preparing and then just traveling, for those. So while I kept up with my one-on-one clients and with my Squashletic members, I wasn't putting in as much time and effort into my free content like the podcast or my Instagram because it can be pretty time consuming. So while I do love it, I've learned throughout my time as a student athlete and then now also as a professional athlete that it's extremely important to try not to do everything at 100% all of the time because I found that if you try to do that, you'll either do kind of a crappy job in one area, or it could just come at the expense of your health, whether that's from stress or lack of sleep or both. It's taken some trial and error, but I think I've become a lot better at giving myself permission to switch between the gears of competition mode and training and work mode. So when I'm away at tournaments, I make sure that I'm not in the middle of a promotion or launching a new program. And I don't even really try to create a lot of content or post on social media that much because I found it takes a lot of creative energy that I'd actually rather save for the squash court. And like I said, there was a lot of trial and error in getting to this point because when I first started Squashletic and in its first year and a half or so, I felt the need to be doing everything all of the time because it wasn't at that point where it felt stable or self-sufficient yet. But now it's at a point where I feel like I can easily maintain the business and I know what things I have to do to just keep it going and maintain. It doesn't always grow during these periods, but at least it stays pretty steady. And the things that I need to maintain during these times are just like checking in and working with my one-on-one clients, writing my weekly best of three email newsletter, and producing my new monthly program for the Squashletic membership. But other than that, I don't worry too much about posting on Instagram, about creating or launching new programs, or anything else that requires me to be at the computer or on my phone for a few hours at a time. So all that to say, I'm looking forward to being back at home in New York for a couple weeks now. I will actually be going away shortly, but that'll be for purely for vacation, not for squash at all. So I am enjoying being home right now in the off season. I've been playing some soccer. I've been getting into the gym and yeah, just kind of feel like I can go on court if I want to, but there's no pressure to go on. And if I do play squash, I'm just going to play purely for fun. I'm not going to do any sort of ghosting or (laughs) drills or anything I don't really want to do right now. I'll save that for when I get back in a month or so into more serious preseason training. But yeah, so right now just really enjoying being able to get some creative squash athletic work done like this podcast. And I'm also actually putting together a new squash fitness program, which is specifically for squash coaches and not for squash coaches for themselves, but actually to help them coach their students better. So specifically, I've made this program for groups or for teams or camps. Like if you are a squash coach and you're running summer camps, or if you're a team captain and you like take the team through captain's practices, this is going to be, I hope, a really good program for you. 
And I'm really excited to get it out there because I think it'll be a really huge help to coaches or team captains who either don't know what to do for group warmups or for fitness sessions, or are just tired of running the same workouts over and over again. So I'm anticipating that this program will have nearly 30 sessions, maybe a little bit more actually at this point, for you to pick and choose from. And they're all specifically designed for squash fitness in a group setting. So there'll be some dynamic warmups, some mobility sessions, some conditioning workouts, circuits, strength workouts, uh, plyometric and speed and power sessions, ghosting workouts, and all of these you can literally just plug and play and reuse them throughout the summer or throughout the year. And I'll even be drawing diagrams for each of the sessions so you can easily see the layout and the flow for each workout because that's one of the biggest challenges of group fitness is figuring out how to get several people to do the exercises in a small space without it being too cramped or disorganized. And I've yet to finalize the name for this program. I think it'll be called Squash Camp Fitness. <laughs> that's kind of a lame name, but for right now, that's the working title. But it will be delivered in the Squashletic app, so you can easily access it from anywhere. You can see the video demonstrations of every exercise, and you can even use the built-in interval timer to run the workout. So all you'll have to do is choose a session, look through it, set it up, which will just take a couple of minutes, and then press start and coach it with your athletes. So all of the planning is done, and taken care of for you and you can be confident in knowing exactly what the workout is designed to help your athletes improve how long it's going to be and most importantly that it's effective and efficient and I think that the reason this program will be so helpful is because in every single one of the many squash camps or clinics that I've coached in the last 10 plus years I've always been the person that has been asked to run fitness or warm-ups and usually I've been asked this at the last minute <laughs> and because it was often an afterthought. And my point is here that you can see why this program is going to be helpful for coaches or even, like I said, team captains who want to run better practices for their teams, right? If you're going to put your athletes through something that's not squash, let's make it worthwhile. Let's make it complement their development as athletes. All right, so if you want to learn more and you want to get on the wait list to receive access to early bird pricing, which is going to be released later this week. So right now I'm recording this on June 19th. So it's a Monday. I am anticipating that this will be out by the end of the week. So if you're listening to this right now, or as soon as it comes out, you will get access if you put your name on the wait list to the early bird pricing. So head to the show notes, or you can also head to my Instagram at Squashletic and you'll find all the info there. You'll find the link to the wait list to sign up. And I really hope to see you inside the program if you think that this is a useful program for you. All right, so moving on to the main part of this episode, which is all about navigating the off season as a junior, a college, or a professional athlete. And even if you are a club player and you play some tournaments during the year, you might want to consider taking an off season because it'll just give your body and your mind a little bit of a break. And you might find that when you come back to playing competitively and training harder that you're reinvigorated. So anyway, all that to say, if you are not planning on taking an off season, maybe this episode will just give you a little bit of it, some perspective. This podcast is really going to be all about the differences of the off season period between junior players, club players, college athletes, or pros. Now, if the off-season, or more commonly known as summertime, is a foreign concept to you, and you've never given it much thought, then this episode is for you. 
This is mainly based off of my own experiences as a junior college and pro athlete, as well as the experiences of my clients. So I hope that I can shed some light on the differences between the respective off-season periods and why they're important. When used improperly, the off-season can be an underutilized or a mismanaged part of the year. However, if this time is used correctly, a lot of physical and technical improvements can be made that will improve your performance next season. We can divide the off-season into three main phases. The early off-season, the late off-season, and pre-season. In general, the early off-season should be spent largely away from squash, or at least significantly less time should be spent on court. And this time allows your body to heal any overuse injuries caused by the repetitive nature of squash. And it also allows your mind to have a break from on-court training. And having this brief off-season period, which should usually last around four weeks or so, it helps to prevent burnout. And you should find that after this period, you're refreshed and you're excited to get back to the grind. The late off-season should be focused more on building strength and cardiovascular capacity, as well as fundamental technical changes. And since fundamentals will often separate the differences between levels, it's important to dedicate time to work on them to make you a better athlete and a better player. However, this needs to be done without the pressure of competition since you need to be allowed to make mistakes and not to be too concerned about your performance day in, day out. So whether it's making a change in your grip or your swing technique or your strength or your aerobic capacity, you want to be able to have the mental and the physical capacity to work on these changes without the pressure of needing to have them game ready in a few days or being too fatigued or too sore to perform well in competition. So this late off-season period is the right time to work on those fundamentals and improve them so that then in the next phase, which we're going to talk about in a second, you can actually look to translate them into the sport in a more realistic setting. This third and final phase is the preseason. As the name suggests, this is the last stage before competition, and this is where you should be building up a lot of work on court. And as I just mentioned, ideally you should be integrating the physical improvements and technical changes that you worked on in the late off season into your game and looking to impose them in a match scenario, so under more realistic pressures. Hopefully that gives you a quick understanding of what you want to focus on in each of these off-season periods. And the reason I stress this is because whether you're a junior tournament player or a competitive club player, a college athlete or a professional, you probably want to take some time in the year as an off-season or at least a non-competitive season if you want to have a better season next year. And I realized that it might be a bit difficult to actually relate to what I just said. So the rest of this podcast is going to go through what this timeline might actually look like for juniors, college athletes, and professionals, and how your off-season stages might differ based on where you are at. And if you're a club player, you don't need to be quite as regimented with your off-season, but if you keep those three distinct off-season phases in mind, I think that that in itself will help give you a framework with which you can plan your summer. So let's start with the juniors. So for me, growing up, the months of May through September were spent away from competition. And there would maybe be one tournament in late August, which was actually a fun adult tournament called Sun and Surf, which I highly recommend if you live in the Pacific Northwest. But aside from that, there were no tournaments. And this stayed pretty consistent throughout my summers as a junior. I would train for squash, and I'd also play soccer. 
and do some running and some biking, but I never had any tournaments during this time. And in fact, I only really started to do proper off-season training for squash once I started to play more seriously around the age of 12 or 13. And nowadays, especially in the U.S., I see a lot of kids doing several weeks of squash camp back-to-back, interspersed with tournaments even every few weeks. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of that schedule. I don't think I ever will be. And I'm not saying that these kids should or need to hang up their racket for the whole summer or for several weeks at a time. But I do think that having a dedicated period of at least two to three months away from tournaments is a good idea. When the athletes are younger, up to the age of about 14, I think a lot of the summertime should actually be spent cross-training, playing other sports, and just having fun being a kid as well. And then as the athlete ages, and perhaps focuses solely on squash if they choose to, there's even more reason to take a dedicated period away from competition. Because as you get into the U17 and the U19 categories, the game becomes a lot more physically and mentally demanding, and that requires more time training, traveling, and competing during the season. And this is just the nature of the sport and any athlete who wishes to play at an elite level. However, that means it becomes even more important that the adolescent athlete spends their off-season time wisely. So they need to let their overuse injuries heal if they have any, recharge your mental and physical batteries, and then gradually train up during the off-season so that then you can have a stronger competitive season. Like I said, personally, I always spend May and June playing soccer, running, biking. I'd also still keep playing squash maybe two or three times a week, but it was always just fun match play. I wouldn't really take any lessons, do drills, or do any pressure sessions. And also a question to ask yourself or your child is, how is their enjoyment level of the game at the end of the season? In the early off season, I think a kid should only play as much as they want to. There shouldn't be too much pressure on playing a certain number of times per week or doing anything in particular. Enjoying the game and having the spark is really important for being driven and having that underlying motivation. So if you find that your enjoyment is dulled, it's probably best to take a bit of time off right now. Or like I said before, just do what you feel like doing on court and then focus more on your off-court training. A good example of this is with a client of mine. This is actually an example from about a year ago, and she was in the U15 category. And it was her first year at boarding school, which posed lots of new changes, such as playing squash for a school team and living away from home, and not to mention a very rigorous academic schedule. And she's very driven, dedicated, disciplined, and she'd often push herself quite hard in all areas, including even waking up to do morning sessions before class. However, by the end of the season, this discipline caught up with her and she just wasn't really enjoying her squash as much. She said that she felt flat, but she was still expecting really high results of herself. On the other hand, she'd just taken up rowing at school and she was enjoying the team atmosphere and also the variety in her routine. In one of our check-in calls, we talked about this and she decided that she should just simply take some time off from squash throughout the remainder of the rowing season and the school year to allow herself to fully focus on school and rowing. Because there was really no point in doing a half-hearted solo or drills, especially when there were no tournaments coming up on the horizon, right? And guess what happened? After a couple months, she went back on court to have a hit and then she immediately messaged me and said how much fun she'd had. It was a good reminder that sometimes when we get into the routine day in and day out, especially when you're battling a stressor like school or perhaps an injury, we aren't able to enjoy the game as fully as we'd like, but we still have that discipline and the routine of being able to get through sessions. 
After a while, what happens is that we get flat, which leads to not enjoying the game as much. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, that's kind of how I feel, try taking a couple weeks off court and then see if you feel rejuvenated. At any stage, but especially as a junior, squash should be a fun experience, which you look back upon fondly. I really don't think it should be looked at as a chore or a job. And if that starts to happen, just take some time off. Don't confuse this with training not being hard though. It should be hard, it should be challenging, but those hard sessions should feel rewarding and you should actually, you should believe in the training that you're doing. And for me, looking back, having this month or two off of competition naturally gave me the mental space that I needed. And that meant that as soon as July hit, I would get back into summer training. And summer training generally consisted of harder and longer sessions on court, usually five to six days a week, as well as some five-day training camps here and there throughout August. And the goal was always to build up throughout the summer so that when the first tournament hit in September and then the season really took off in October, you were ready to play at a higher level than the previous season. And just remember that in juniors, every year is gonna get tougher physically. So you need to prepare yourself even more every year for faster, longer rallies, as well as longer matches, which leads to more grueling tournaments. The late off season and the preseason, which is generally July, August, and sometimes a bit of September, can often feel like a grind. Like we talk about the summer grind a lot of the time because you're putting in the hard work but you're not seeing the reward of performing in a tournament just yet. So to keep yourself motivated throughout this summer grind, try writing down your goals and posting them up somewhere for you to see. You can try coming up with a plan with your coach and or doing some hard sessions with a group or with a partner to give yourself some accountability. You don't need to have a training crew to train with. In fact, I did a lot of my best off-court sessions with my cycling mentor, Ken, who is I think about 40 years older than me, (laughs) but it helps to have someone who's equally dedicated to the process. Even though Ken and I had different goals, I was training for squash and he was training for masters cycling events, we were there to help keep each other accountable. We would push each other. If one person was feeling flat one day, the other person would be the motivator and vice versa. And it also gave us some healthy competition and it made it a little bit more enjoyable when we were working hard together. All that to say, if you can find a training partner who's equally bought into the process and is ideally a similar fitness level to you, that can also go a long way. Now let's shift our gears to college squash. So in the US, the competitive college squash season runs from mid-October through March and it's very full on and intense the whole time. Your weekday afternoons are spent training and your weekends are spent competing. And this cycle goes on pretty much every week from November until the beginning of March when the season concludes with nationals. Because it's such an intense period after nationals ended, I personally would take my foot off the gas from squash in April, May, and June and train mostly off court and enjoy time with my friends while catching up on schoolwork and trying to finish the school year strong. I would still play a couple times a week, but always just for fun. A lot of players, though, would opt to put their racket away for the rest of the school year and not play again until it was time for summer training or whenever they decided to get back on court. And personally, I didn't like the idea of taking three months off from squash entirely. And I also enjoyed playing still, and I didn't feel that I needed a complete break. So I would continue to hit a couple times a week just for fun, like I said. 
And as for my off-court sessions, I would usually mix it up between going for runs, doing some road cycling, and even a little bit of racing, and some team intramural sports like soccer, volleyball, and floor hockey, which was interesting. So anyway, it was fun to learn some new skills and also just to play some team sports. Because although college squash is in a team setting, it is still, of course, an individual sport at the end of the day. So it was really fun to actually compete and compete as part of a team because that's something that I always enjoyed growing up. And insofar as a routine, about two to three times a week, I would train in the morning just for about 30 minutes. And the rest of the time I would train after class before dinner because I really like having that break between class and dinner where you don't really want to go straight into doing homework. And I also found that I would be more mentally alert later in the evening for homework if I did get a sweat in after class. And also for as long as I can remember, I've had sports right after school. So I really think that for a variety of reasons, training between class and dinner time is a great way to break up your day and also help you be more productive later on. As I mentioned earlier, college squash or team squash is pretty unusual because it's a very intense four month period. Therefore, I think it makes the off season all the more important because you need to be more physically durable to be able to withstand all the training, travel and the matches during that four month period. If you only get back on court when you return to campus in September, about a month before the season starts, you won't have had enough time to build up the necessary strength, conditioning, and overall resilience to withstand the season. And something I noticed amongst some of the athletes when I was at school was that those who only played and trained for squash during the season and didn't train or touch a racket during the rest of the year often succumbed to injuries a couple months into the college season. So all that to say, if you're a college athlete or you're preparing to be a college athlete or you're a club player with a very busy schedule of tournaments, utilize your off-season correctly so that you don't burn out in season mentally or physically. Everyone's schedule will look different depending on how much time you have to train and also your capabilities, but in general, I would recommend taking your foot off the gas from squash in the early off-season period for about four to six weeks. And in that time, you can do strength training and general conditioning. And then as you move into the late off season, start to get on court more frequently and gradually make your on-court sessions more intense. In other words, don't feel that the summer training needs to start with six days a week on court or with maximal sessions every day. That's just a recipe for injury. Instead, try to gradually build up the amount of sessions you do on court and intersperse them with off-court conditioning and strength training. And then by the end of the summer, the late off season, you should be able to train six days a week on court and you should have built up an excellent aerobic capacity and strength base. What you don't want is for preseason training at school to be a shock to your system. Then during the preseason, so probably September at school, make sure that you're still playing and you're maintaining your work rate so that then when your coach gets you on October 15th, which is usually when practices officially start, you're not fighting off injuries or soreness in the first week of training. So it's really important that when you get back to school, you are careful not to let yourself become detrained in those four weeks between the end of summer and the beginning of coaches' practices. So if you've been to college or if you're at college, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a junior and you're about to head off to college, then that's a little preview of what you can expect. Finally, let's switch our focus to the professional game. When I started to play professionally, a lot of things changed. 
For the first time, I was no longer in school and I was working a few jobs. My main job as a personal trainer at Body Space and then a couple of side coaching gigs, both in the city and in the suburbs. And to be perfectly honest, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to or could play professionally at this stage. Because although I'd had a good end to my senior season, right before graduation, I'd had knee surgery and I was also in a car accident, which combined set me back quite a bit. So instead of spending the summer training and making strength and fitness gains, I was rehabbing and figuring out what my body could and couldn't do. Unfortunately, working at Body Space as a strength and conditioning coach was the best thing I could have done, as opposed to work at a desk job, for instance, because in order to coach certain exercises, I needed to learn the form and practice it myself. And at the beginning of the summer, I was wobbling all over the place when I was doing lunges. And by the end, I was much more stable and my knees weren't caving in any longer. I was able to use this first season to rehab and to get back on court, but it really wasn't the most intense of seasons. I probably only played about four to five professional tournaments, which is less than half of the number you'd usually play. And I also just navigated my way into the city as a young 20-something. The next season, 2016-2017, I decided I wanted to play more events and improve my level and my ranking. And I did move up the rankings, but I was struggling to adapt to the professional game. In college, I'd done well because I knew I could train hard enough to be fitter than my opponent, mainly because I was simply very dedicated. But at the professional level, everyone's dedicated and everyone is training hard. And furthermore, not many professionals had a full-time job on top of playing tournaments, especially those who were 50 or above in the rankings. And looking back, the reason that I really appreciate my lifestyle and my schedule now is because I spent so many long days and mornings waking up at 4.30 a.m. or getting back home at 10 p.m. or later while also trying to compete against full-time pros. I was also in this setting of being new at everything. For instance, I'd always been the quote fitness expert in college and now here I was the complete newbie and starting from the bottom of the pile. And same thing with squash. I'd finished as one of the highest ranked players in college squash and now here I was doing okay on the tour but still feeling like an absolute hack compared to most of the full-time pros. And truth be told, it wasn't all that fun a lot of the time. And so that summer for the first time ever, I took several weeks off of squash. I barely touched a racket in June and July, except for teaching a couple of lessons here and there. And in fact, I remember having a conversation with my coach at the time about how scared I was to do this because I'd never done anything like it before. And I was really worried that I wouldn't want to come back and train and compete on the pro tour again next season. In some ways, it was a lot easier to just keep going in this rut rather than face the reality of perhaps not wanting to continue competing, which was something I'd always done and taken for granted. So I did take a couple months off of squash. I joined a fun volleyball league in the city through Zog Sports. I did some track sessions, gym sessions, and I also just enjoyed life in the city that summer. I also tried a couple of new things like meditation, which I'd never done. And I even tried the keto diet as an experiment, which uh, here's a spoiler alert. If you play a sport or do anything at a high intensity, I would not recommend doing the keto diet for most people. Anyway, that's another topic. But that summer, I had the time to reflect upon the past season where I'd seen a glimpse of the intensity needed to play a sport professionally. And I realized two main things. One, when you're constantly trying to play catch up and you never feel like you're good enough, it really wears on you. And two, the physical and the mental need for a break is real and it's important to take it. 
Since then, I've never forced myself to play for the first month or so of the off season because I recognize the importance of being excited to play and train and improve and not just showing up and ticking a box. And I had a reminder of this a couple summers ago when we didn't have an off season because a lot of the events were pushed into July and August because of COVID. And going into those summer months, I really struggled mentally. I felt flat and I had very little joy in competing. So after the British Open that August, I think this was August 2021, I took a bit of time off to reevaluate and just completely removed myself from my environment by staying abroad for a couple weeks. And I didn't play squash, but I just kept up with my off-court training. When I got back to the States, I was ready to reevaluate and to kind of start fresh again, but I needed that time just outside of my normal environment to get away from the routine and to have a breath of fresh air. One of the other things I've realized is that I think the harder you push yourself mentally or physically, or the more pressure you put on yourself, the better you need to be at releasing yourself of that pressure and recovering from it. So if you're a club player and you don't have a whole lot of tournaments, you might not need to take that long off of squash, or you might likely already have time off built into vacations or work trips. However, if you compete at a high level, either as a junior, college player, or of course a professional, you'll likely want to take some time off the court in the early off season. You want to change your routine, do different workouts, go somewhere for a vacation if you can. And then in the late off season, start to reintroduce squash at a lower intensity and a lower volume. And even if you're doing squash at a lower intensity and a lower volume, you can still train hard. I'm not saying you need to become detrained during the off season. You actually want to build up your capacity, but maybe just do some of your most intense sessions off the court for the first couple weeks as you reintroduce squash into your routine. And this is really the time to push hard in your gym sessions, in your track work or whatever non-squash training you're doing. And then when you do get back on court, just lower your expectations a little bit, enjoy little improvements that you see day in, day out, and just try to have fun. All right, so if this was helpful, please send me a message on Instagram at Squashletic. Depending on the feedback from this episode, I am considering doing a second one, which I've already mapped out, which would be all about what you can work on in the early or late off season to help you start off the next season even better and stronger than before. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you again in the next episode.